Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome folks. And boy, we have a lot of nonsense going on this week. Yeah, it's even worse than last week. <laughs> it is, and isn't I, it? It's it's spread into all these uh, cities, uh, councils, and mayors, and uh, I I don't even know what to say about it all. There, it's like the whole world. The whole went crazy. world has gone off its rocker. We have I I I have not been like online for several days um, since I've been busy doing stuff, and I. Uh, this morning is the first time I heard, um, that, uh, what's her name? Patrice Cullors or something like that. The, the woman who's, who's like one of the, one of the co-founders of the Black Lives Matter, um, organization. And I'll talk about that in a minute too. Cause, cause I think that's a, uh, uh there, there's some problems there, but, um, Apparently, she has called for the defunding of police departments. And you've got these people who are jumping on that bandwagon. And here's, here's the, if I could sum up the gist of their, their uh, argument, it goes something like this. Well, we have police because people commit crimes. But if we took the money that we spent on police departments and instead put it into the school system, people would stop committing crimes and we wouldn't need police. Is that her thinking? That's what she's... I don't know if that's her thinking, but that's the people who are jumping onto her bandwagon. That's how they explain it. That's so strange. Yeah, to, that, that anybody would even think no, that is so strange. stupid. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm really struggling to understand what her real game is here because here's the thing. I, I've got to think that either she or at least some of the people that she interacts with at the top of this Black Lives Matter movement um, you know, at least a few of them have a couple of brain cells to rub together. Well, and at least maybe, a few of them. But it, I mean, well, it's a terrorist organization, isn't it? Well, it, it. What's weird about it is that it's not an organization per se. It's not like Al Qaeda was an organization with like yeah. a single unified. It's kind of like Antifa. It's more of a movement than an organization. They have local chapters and various groups that participate in it, but I don't think that there's a like a a single organic uh cohesiveness necessarily that that you can trace to you know chains of command or anything like that but the thing is there's got to be somebody at that level who can clearly see that obviously defunding police departments is a non-starter that you know that that's there's no practicability in that suggestion that it you know it can't work there's no, no matter how you restructure anything else in society you can't get away from the need to have local police departments well and but does she talking about entirely like just not having police well i don't know if what, she's she, the the responses I, and and i'm going on on things that uh my wife has read to me about discussions on things like Facebook and stuff. So she has said something about defunding police departments and people are saying, well, yeah, you, you know, put the money into schools, you raise people, right. They don't commit crimes. You don't need police departments because, uh, lucratively careered people don't commit crimes, do they? And 
so and then other people say well obviously we have to phase it slowly it can't be all at once so yeah they're taking this seriously as a real thing as as a a serious thing that you can do within a society there are people who are actually treating it that way now here's my thought the only thing i can come up with is that this patrice collars puts out this statement and she really means none of it but what she's doing is sitting back and just yucking it up having a huge laugh at all the idiots that are out there taking her outrageous suggestion seriously that's the only thing I can come up with. She's well, getting a big kick out of it. I, it's, you know, I, I don't know how else to, to read all this. I would read it as... Because um, she's got to know that that's not doable. I don't think she really cares about that. I, I think she's just another anti-American, just like the Antifa. They're not really interested in... They're not interested in any of the things they say they're interested. They're in, they're interested in the death of America. And I, I kind of think maybe she is too. You know, that could be the truth. The, that could be the truth. You can't tell me of anything that as an organization, Black Lives Matter has done that helps America, that helps or, black lives. You know, I was going to say even that helps blacks. But you know, the thing yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't. It's if you take them seriously, I was wrong. And, and I, I think that's exactly true. What they're really looking for is the, the death of America. It's not Black Lives Matter. It's down with America. It's not anti-fascism. It's down with America. And I wonder if these guys are actually being funded, funded, fomented, fueled, um, and, and driven secretly by like, fallouts from al-qaeda and and those kinds of organizations i wonder if there's a whole structure of goings on that we know nothing about because when you look at their actions you're right they i mean they don't care about the things that they say they care about what they're what it always comes back to is down with america um i don't even know if it's under the cover or if it's secret, I mean, people like George Soros has been pretty clear about what he wants. He wants the American way of life to end, and a lot of people like him. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, in terms this. of a, uh, I mean, in terms of an Islam connection to this stuff. Oh, yeah, because the Muslims hate America. I yeah. Mean, it, it, okay. Yeah. Uh, somebody will go out and find their 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 Muslim pet and say, "Here's a Muslim that doesn't hate America. He loves America." Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. There are. There are people who, who claim to practice Islam that love America. I'll grant that. You know what? They probably don't practice real Islam. They practice some modified, uh, uh, stripped down version of Islam that allows them to love America. All right. right. Fine. But you know, look at 9-11. That's real Islam. That's, that's hardcore. That's straight from the Quran. That's, you know, full on. Let's take the message and, and let's live the message Islam. They would, um, they would call that radical. Yeah, but you know and what? We probably Let's... I we should do a show just on radical Islam versus radical <laughs> Christianity. I was going to say because we, we you know we're called to be radical Christians. But yeah, what that looks like is something that is you know it's so different it, than it, what an radical yeah. is. Every day I wake up hoping to be a radical Christian. Mm-hmm. In other words, a complete Christian Absolutely. with not an yeah. ounce of 
non-Christianity in my bones so that if I die that day, they say, this is a true Christian. Right. Why why would a Muslim not want to be that? Why would they feel different? Because here's the thing. If Islam were true, then to be a radical Muslim would be the only worthy goal in the world, in life. Right. Yeah. If There's Islam no is reason true, to be anything else. Exactly. Well, uh, Christianity is true, so to be a radical Christian is the only worthy goal in life. I mean, yeah. that gets lived out in a whole lot of different fronts of life, even down to lawn mowing. But, you know, it's... <laughs> but all of um, it is toward one goal, and yeah. none of that conflicts with other goals unless you're doing something anti-christian and Mm -hmm. uh none of it's violent really i mean right there might be violent things you have to do in life but the the christian goal is not violent to the extent that that a christian a, a radical christian engages in violence um it's it's going to be in some manner a response to you know, some immediate situation. Right. Um, yeah, we're, so we're not called anyway. to go. Oh, uh, well. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if there is a secret Islam connection to Antifa and Black Lives Matter that nobody knows about. It's just something that it popped into my head while we were talking here because the, like you said, what their actions do not line up with what they say they care about. Their actions do line up with a single, unified, down with America message. And Here's often the thing. down with Christianity message. It's sometimes, um, even that is sometimes not hidden anymore. A lot of them will no. uh, come out and say, we have to tear this country down the way it was built and rebuild it. And I don't know what idea they have for rebuilding it. Like, would you take... I don't know what government would you take and say that's the way we should do it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Are there any countries in Africa that are like that, or in South America that? Yeah, that what you could, could they copy that as a model. Well, you know, here's here's the. Th- I was going to save this for the uh, nonsense news because this is so stupid. Let's see. There's there's this guy. Okay, it's it's uh, okay. So so there's this this big protest going on in Washington D.C. Um, and uh, the the um, the reporter who went out there for this uh, online news rag uh, found this fellow uh, Basil Abdul Kabir, fifty seven, um, handing out crackers and cookies. A gesture to honor his deceased wife. He said, "Here's here's his quote. I think it is beautiful." He said of the scene. I think it is a good spirit that is going on. It is a good positive energy that is flowing through the crowd. We seem like a socialist country today because everybody is out here helping one another. Everybody is out here passing out stuff, feeding people, being hospitable to one another. Everybody is on their best manners. Everybody is being very cautious and overly mannerable. Has this guy like spent even two weeks in a socialist country ever in his life? Or... Has he no, been downtown not. while these riots are going on? Well, he's talking about not, not the riots, but like, like, like today or yesterday. Yeah, it's the, like the in, quote in DC, protests. like, yeah, June 6th. So it was yesterday afternoon is what he's talking about. 
But okay, let's let's grant that the crowd is is. That's the thing. That's why I don't think this is a Muslim uh, Muslim thing. I think it's a communist thing. Communist more than Muslim. You know that could yeah. be. So I, it's it's when the communists had to go underground, and now they're all right. We couldn't do it by by military takeover. Let's foment movements that we can destroy the American fabric of life. Bit and by we know bit. they've been and, doing that forever. Oh yeah, I mean, we know all there through were the 60s infiltrators. I mean, look look at the uh, earlier than the 60s. Um, well, look at the I colleges mean, the, right now. Yeah, yeah. They're churning and, out little communists by the hundreds. Yeah, it's like the you know colleges anymore are are you know training grounds for communists. Well, it, let's see. Uh, in and you know what's weird. Communist communism relies on people being extremely malleable and and uh, you know easily controlled and and shepherded. And what is it that colleges are teaching millennials and kids to do today? They're teaching them to be emotional wimps. Yeah, uh, they they're doing really weird things. These these millennials, like they're going out and like these. These young white kids are going out and apologizing for being white and kissing the shoes of black men. It's kind of weird. I don't yeah, even... that's bizarre. I mean, it's it's like there is nothing Here's the thing. there that makes sense. It all, it, it's all... It, it's like a, a some kind of weird... Um, They're apologizing like for of, being privileged for, white, but... For being white. They they really are privileged white. None of these kids have spent any serious time in a poor community. And yeah. I, I mean, I would challenge any one of them. Take a job delivering pizza in a bad neighborhood for a couple months. Yeah. And then come yeah. and t- tell me you're sorry get, for being get white mugged, privileged. Get mugged a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. I, then, you know. Th- then kiss the someone's thing. shoes. These, these Black Lives Matter, that's what is really uh i guess that if you take the black lives matter movement and and all of their rhetoric about about uh and and for that matter antifa too about uh white supremacy and 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 the you know systematic racism and all that that bs that they're talking about it's like in or just take the statement black lives matter nobody's arguing that black lives doesn't matter it's like these people are arguing to the wind. They're a bunch of Don Quixotes running around tilting yeah. at windmills that they think are dragons. They're claiming it, to see stuff that just isn't there. And that's why I think you're right. Their goal doesn't have anything to do with, with racism or black lives or, or anything. It, it's just, like that uh, uh, part in the, I think it was the Hitchhiker's Guide, where he talks about seeing... <laughs> Uh, she talks about seeing a beaver dragging a raft and it always bothering her because the, there's a picture of a beaver pulling a raft along in the water with a bunch of people riding at the expense of the beaver until finally one day she looked and realized that there was a sail on the raft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the beaver wasn't doing anything. It was like, and it's like, you know, the church uh, has these conferences and the bishops all get together and condemn racism. And it's like, we, we took care of that in the 60s. Why are you still talking about this? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and, it's, uh, and you know what? I, I think even in the 60s, 
when we so-called took care of it. I think a lot of the, 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 I mean, there were things that needed to be done in the sixties, like, like, like outlawing local Jim Crow laws. Like for example, in the South, a man who owned a bar was not allowed to permit black men in his bar along with white men. Okay. That was a problem. Yeah. But when you get right down to it, that's a property rights problem. He owns the bar. It's up to him who he permits. Yeah. And if he wants to permit black man, black men, the sheriff shouldn't be allowed to prevent him from doing so. Okay, that was the kind of problem we really had in the United States. But the existence of that, and, and of course that showed up in all kinds of weird things like, like black bathrooms and black water fountains and so forth. But the yeah. existence of that, I think, was an opportunity ultimately for the forces of communism. And what happened is we really did fix it. And so the communists are like, okay, what do we do now? We don't have problems anymore that we can keep, you know, working our, you know, our focusing people's minds on to try to undermine America. I think that's what's going on here is they're saying, oh, we need to find a way to keep people convinced that they're all still racists so that we can keep promoting our program and destroying the American fabric of life. Hold on just a minute. I need to to Mm -hmm. find out why my wife is calling me. Okay. So anyway, that's, uh, but yeah, I, I have to, uh, see, I, I, a lot of this, I would say it seems to be coming to a head, but I, I don't know about that because, uh, a lot of these things started happening during Obama's reign. And this is just after we had, uh, elected the first black president black president and and a lot of people voted for him just because he was black Mm -hmm. a lot of people wanted to prove hey we're not racist see we elected a black man as the president a lot of white people yeah yeah and black people which is stupid but well i mean yeah i mean it ended up the problem is that he just he did such a terrible job and um so now we've got trump in there and Here's here's the problem for the socialist and communist. Uh Trump is for the first time drawing the black vote away from the Democrat party. Yeah. They've been taking it for granted for a long time. And now he's doing it's, stuff that works. Right. Yeah. And and a lot of them are seeing this. Even in inner cities they're starting to see, "Hey, wait a minute. Uh I don't have to stay trapped here in this city yeah. with with no means of transportation and no means to get out. And, and the black vote, I think, is starting to see this. I think his numbers are going up to the point where, and, and if the Democrat party lost the black vote, they would be over as a party, at least for, for a generation or two. You know, you I, could, you could argue that the Trump presidency for the first time, maybe since the sixties, maybe before that, is offering black people the chance to stop being defined, politically speaking, by their skin color. Yeah. He's giving them the opportunity to say, look, you don't have to be victims. Yeah, exactly. The Democrat Party has made you victims. victims. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be that. And they're doing everything in their power to, uh, to stop him. And I think these... I think these, quote, protests are a huge part of that. And, you know, 
we kind of got a little nervous when they started talking about uh, defunding ICE. And now they're talking about defunding entire police forces. Police departments, which obviously, I mean, even defunding ICE. And in all the worst cities. It was a stupid thing to even suggest. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Well, it is happening in some places. What, defunding ICE? No, defunding the police force. Oh, not completely. Like where? I haven't read this. I think L.A. said they're going to uh, defund. You know what that's going to result in? It's going to result in a very, at a very first, at a very first cut level. Okay, just just first cut. It's going to result in a lot of deaths from traffic accidents because a defend a defunded police force will not be driving around just generally being present in the various streets of the city. People will know they can get away with speeding, with pushing the red light with turning on red when they're not supposed to, and various other things that that always end up being the reasons that, you know, fatalities happened in, in uh, traffic accidents. Yeah, because there is a huge... And it's weird because generally I'm, I'm all for defunding any government section. I, I, mm-hmm. Any part of the government that we could defund I think is good. E- even to a certain extent the military... Yeah. To an yeah. extent. Right. Uh, but, but I would say the higher level government, the more I feel that way about it. Yeah. The that's lower the thing. The lower the government, the less I feel about, that way about they it. They would not defund <laughs> the higher level. The people, the, the lower cop, the beat cops are the ones who would lose their jobs. Firstly, yeah. the traffic cops, like you mentioned. And, and they're the they ones still you need. need. Yeah. Those are the ones who, who actually do kind of maintain our working order in a city and right. you know you you go straight at this light and you turn at this light and that's what you do and uh it's just it's kind of odd that but i i'm hearing like uh see i i thought there was a vote in la to do this uh i could be wrong because there's so much misinformation uh um, oh, right right going on right now uh announcing no, Okay, in in Buffalo, New York, I thought it was because of defunding. It wasn't. Um, there was a 75-year-old protester, and he had been pushed to the ground, and the two police that did it were suspended and then later charged with assault. Uh, 57 members of the Buffalo Police Department uh, resigned. Wow. Um, resigned and, over the fact that these two were charged with assault? Yeah. Like in solidarity? Yeah. Yeah. So if 57 members, I mean, you and I talked about this last time. Police, th- there is a problem in police forces, but there had to be something else. There had to be some kind of provocation or cause in their specific interaction with this guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. See, okay, you know what? We should talk about some of this um, because we said some things that have since uh, evolved. We've gotten confirmation <laughs> on certain things. For example, okay. I said um, I said that they had reported he died at the hospital, and which was the original first, report, I think, right? That's what the report said, but that's not really the way it happened. He happened? was he was announced dead at the hospital. Oh, he might have the been EMT dead during the whole ambulance ride. Well, yeah, that's the thing, though. The EMT cannot pronounce him dead; only the doctor right. can do that. So, got it. Okay. 
But and you saw the video and you saw them putting him on the uh stretcher, right? I did not see the point the the video that I watched ended before the, the ambulance arrived. Or oh, arrived. really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't well, then, I still haven't seen everything. Well then I I'm, I'm talking about the very first video that I sent you. Oh, the okay, end of that video just... shows him being loaded onto a stretcher. Okay. And I have never seen an EMT load a person this way. They get those so stupid boards them? out and yeah. and like strap you to it and make sure you right. can't move. They roll you over, put the board <clears throat> under you, roll you back on it, strap you down, then pick the board yep. up. Sometimes they put oxygen. Like if you're unresponsive, yeah. they they might put oxygen and put stuff oxygen like that on you else. before they move you. They didn't mm-hmm. do that. They lopped him onto this stretcher. Like lifted him up onto the... Lifted him up and kind of threw him on there, and he kind of started falling off, and they pushed him back the other way. Wow. It looked like they were loading a dead body. Wow. Okay, so and he it looked like maybe they just... It, yeah, they I there. think he was dead, because the, the EMT guy comes and checks the guy's pulse at the neck, and mm-hmm. then they go get the stretcher, and then they throw him up on the stretcher. And then they get out. Uh, okay. It, it was, That's I can't freaky. see them That's doing that to, to a live that, person. That you, you, oh man. Yeah. Okay. It is so, kind of weird. And it's almost like, why didn't the EMT handle, even a dead body, they would have handled it different. They would have left the body there, I think, and then gotten. Yeah, they would have said, know. wait a minute, there's if, no pulse. This is now. We got to call a, the coroner. This is a, this is a homicide of some kind, whether, you know, police, whatever, right. but. It, it's a whole different team that needs to come in and deal with this now. That So there's a mishandling at that level, too. Right. So it's almost to the point where it is systemic. There's something mm-hmm. bad going on here that uh, it yeah. wasn't handled right after it happened. So, But still, uh, you still need the police. You can't, yeah. you, <laughs> you can't you run a city police. without police. And the, whatever it is that's going on that's systemic, again, it's not... It's it's not racial. Right. And burning the city down isn't going to fix it. No. I I don't know. I, I mean I stand I, sometimes I can guys. think um sometimes violence needs to happen in protests in order to get anything changed. I don't but this is kind of sometimes, weird because the violence isn't very... happening against the system. It's not right. they're not burning down city halls. They're burning down people's private property. That's and a lot of these people say. are black. I mean, you, 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 and, and here's the thing: what are they? What are they going after? They're going after stores, places of business, and that kind of stuff, which reinforces what you said that this is not racial. This is communist. Yeah, they're not trying to change the system's approach to handling different races. They're trying to destroy the fabric of our economy. Yeah, you you destroy our businesses, which seems like to me like they tried to do during the COVID nineteen uh, quarantine. Mm-hmm. I, I I believe they were trying to destroy business. Yeah, Once I you think COVID nineteen was it was kind of like a uh, it was kind of like a, a gift to the communists. Yeah, you know, especially I mean the the communists and 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 Democrat leaders that you know. Half the time they're one and the same, but in both cases they're power hungry. 
you saw the the glee that Democrats would would have and and with and, and with which they would say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to seize all this power and close all these businesses." Um, I mean, you've got the uh, uh, the, they were the just uh, so governor happy of Michigan yeah. who was even I I don't know that anyone got tickets for this specifically, but but the governor of Michigan I think was even saying that if you're just like out working in your yard, you have to be wearing a mask. You know, just Stupid stuff like that. Yeah, really weird things. Which, there's, I mean, the only explanation for that is that this is their chance. They're power hungry. They get to exercise power. They have an excuse. Nobody can say no. And so they do it. Yeah. Um, I don't, so, (laughs) I don't even know what to say about this. I don't think a lot of cities are even going to attempt this, but I think some of them are. Yeah, uh, they'll they'll have bad results in the ones that do. But you know, but here's will the people thing that under really... will people see that? And and another, you know, there was something else about the George Floyd thing that I thought we should talk about. Uh, what was it? Uh, I can't, I can't remember. But well, um, you know, I my understanding is that they have not released the police body cam footage yet. Right. So why do you think that is? The policemen officers themselves, I mean, unless they're concerned about polluting jury pools or something like that, I guess that, that, that would be a legitimate reason why they wouldn't release it because they'll want to use that yeah. as evidence and that kind of stuff. I um, think, okay, but the conspiracy theories I, out there are flying all over the place. Oh, really? Some, what people, some people are saying, saying he's not even dead. Well, okay, I don't buy that. <laughs> some people are saying these guys were paid by white supremacists. To kill George Floyd because other George people Floyd are, is is like some black, powerful black movement magnate that was influencing people to rise up. I, well, right? Who was George? Floyd? I don't know. I don't know how that he one was started. arrested for passing off a counterfeit twenty dollar bill or something stupid like that. George Floyd yeah. is a. I, I mean, in terms of in terms of of anybody, we don't I see don't anything wrong, wrong with way. Him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, in terms of anybody wanting to like assassinate him, he's a nobody. I, again, don't get that the wrong way. He's somebody. He's okay. a human being. Okay. But in, in terms there's of, one of more. conspiracy theories, there's the idea that Antifa paid everyone involved to do this and then, um, has carted these people away and, and they're going to live the rest of their lives in wealth. Everybody being who? The cops and maybe the, even the EMTs. Yeah, but aren't and the, the cops, cops in jail? Well, they, we think they are, but maybe they're not. Oh. Or maybe when yeah. they go to quote jail, maybe it won't be really jail. Maybe it'll oh, be okay. somewhere outside the country. And I can see, yeah. uh, I can see Democrat politicians going along with that. I don't think that's I, what happened. But, no, no, that, it's far fetched as a conspiracy. That the, the, it, it's a conspiracy with too in many. In terms leaks, of how much I trust, you know, Democrat politicians, yeah, I think they're capable of that. I just don't think it happened. Right. I right, think it's just right. what we uh, saw happen. That's what I think happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, here's the thing: what if the body cam footage? I, I'm I'm I've got this kind of suspicion that the body cam footage shows some goings on between the police officers and uh George Floyd that while not justifying kneeling on his neck for 7 minutes at least shows reason why yeah they had to 
yank him back out of the car and put him on the ground and hold him down until an ambulance got there where he could be, you know, in theory, strapped down and, 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 uh, I, I, re- restrained. And here's why they would not release footage that showed that because they would be afraid that by, by providing some level of, uh, mitigation for the actions of the police, it would cause a new upswing in riots around the country. And so there's like, okay, wait, we've got a story. The story is the police, you know, overreacted and murdered so. this, murdered this man. We can't put anything out that conflicts with that story. Otherwise we'll get a whole new round of riots. I don't think so. Cause I, I don't think the Minneapolis mayor cares that his city's being torn apart. I really don't think he cares. I think he loves the fact that he's in the middle of this giant revolt. <laughs> That's and a scary he, thought. I think I think these Democrats see themselves as the head of these revolts. Hmm. They're yeah. stupid. A lot of yeah, them are I just mean, stupid. They're, they're out there paying all this uh, obeisance to the the uh, to the rioters and stuff. These. Uh, Okay, a lot of these politicians kind of reminded me remind me of uh, of the white millennials who are out there protesting and keep, uh, kissing the feet of black men. I mm-hmm. I think I think they see themselves. It's like virtue signaling, and they see themselves as doing something great and noble. And I think most of the people they're doing this to are like, you have no idea how stupid you look. And really despise them over the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's probably it, it's true. like, I mean, okay, we grew up in in we weren't poor, poor. We weren't destitute, but but we were pretty poor. And uh, I've spent most of my life being kind of poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I see uh, when I see wealthy men, uh, virtue signal. As if they're helping the poor when they're not helping the poor, it it really gets on my nerves. I I really despise it. Yeah, yeah. Even sometimes if they are helping people, it just kind of nags at me the wrong way. And I think there's a lot of people who look at these millennials that way, and I think there's a lot of people who look at the politicians that way. Because from what I heard, the mayor of about Minneapolis. You're, you're yeah, talking about I'm the talking people about who are people. receiving all these acts of obeisance. It's like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're an idiot. a dumbass. I I don't know yeah, what exactly. to say. Okay, thanks you, for you staying deserve- on our side, but we don't really want you on our side. <laughs> you're the person we're fighting. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> but I, you I know, think the, the it, Minneapolis mayor got booed off a of stage, from what I understand. Oh, he, when was, he was out trying there to support the. Uh, yeah, he the was protesters? out there doing his normal thing because he's a Democrat, and mm-hmm. I think he got booed away. Oh, no kidding! Because of the just, I, he's making dumb decisions, and he's—I don't know. From what I hear, they're talking about defunding the Minneapolis police. Wow! All right, well, you know, guys, but these who, are all uh, rumors, and I, yeah, I gotta say, if I were a cop in a city, and the city has already gotten to the point where it's like. Everybody hates the cops. No one has respect for the cops. You start to wonder, what am I doing here? Right. Right. And how hard would it be for me to quit the police force and either go to a whole new city or um, 
find another line of work because this just isn't working out. I would think most of them are at that point I, right now. A lot of cops are probably feeling that right now, yeah. Especially if the city doesn't back them. But I'll tell you what, this is another group that um, I think Trump has solidly in his corner at this point. Which group? The All the police. police. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's even connected to the police. If your son or parents are police, you're probably pretty solidly... A Trump supporter at this point. Yeah, right now. That's right. That's right. That, well, you know, the thing is that that kind of makes me wonder that there's, because you've got people that are like sort of on the ground foot soldiers for this, this these Black Lives Matter and these Antifa or groups and stuff like that. And then there's the people who, who sort of work to stir them up. And I yeah. don't think that I don't think the people that are the foot soldiers necessarily know everything that's going on at the higher level. I mean, it's neither, neither of these is a, like a full, you know, a, a real organization. They're both just movements, which right. is kind of, de- and, and in fact, I think, you know, there's all this controversy right now about, about Trump, Trump trying to declare Antifa as a uh, terrorist organization. And part of the problem with that is that it's not an organization at all. It's just a movement. And so, you know, it's like, well, I I, I thought it was though. And I thought black lives matter was an actual organization. You can donate money to black lives matter. So what about, I thought black lives matter and well, not Antifa more recently, but I thought black lives matter was already designated as a terrorist organization. I've always considered them a terrorist organization. I don't see how you could see them as any other way. No, you can't. Well, you know what? There's a Black Lives Matter homepage. Let me see here what, they're, what, what they what, say what about they themselves. To do on? It was it was founded in 2013. Uh, global. It is a global. Oh, they're incorporated. Black Lives Matter Foundation Inc. Okay, they okay. should be. See? They should be classified as a terrorist organization. And they're international, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. This isn't a domestic US, organization. UK and Canada. Now, you know, the thing is, like I said, Black Lives Matter. I mean, the whole thing about them is that they're tilting at windmills. There's nobody out there saying Black Lives don't matter. But what really bothers me about them is that they seem to be most supported by and connected with a group of people who are saying that there are a number of other lives that don't matter. Because there really are people out there saying that the lives of people with Down syndrome don't matter. And the lives of unwanted babies don't matter. And the lives of the elderly don't matter. There really are people saying they don't matter. Those are the ones that we need to be out there proclaiming these lives matter. There's nobody out there saying black lives don't matter. Right. So black, that, that's what really gives the, the, uh, you know, kind of allows you to see that the whole black lives matter thing is not what it claims to be their 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 purpose isn't about black lives we should uh, start an organization called like unborn lives matter yeah exactly ulm unborn lives matter wonder if that's taken unborn lives matter.com is taken huh how about that i guess somebody thought of that already there's nothing there but it's taken um, I'll bet it's for sale. I bet you could buy it for like a couple thousand dollars. 
Um, now, on yeah, that, on the I other mean, hand, people, people do say that don't. certain people don't matter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. no one's saying black lives don't matter. Um, and no whole, meaningful cross-section or segment of society is acting like black lives don't matter. I mean, right. that, you can't it, point it, to someone and say this guy is saying this these policies. Well, see, that's the thing. It, some of them will argue things like, and and I can see some of it. Um, actually, I don't even know if this is a thing anymore. But things like if you're caught with a certain amount of cocaine, uh, you get a certain amount of time in jail. Whereas if you're caught with the same amount of crack you get a much longer time in jail. There are little things like use, that. Black people are more likely to have crack than cocaine because cocaine is a rich person's drug. That's that, the thinking. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. If you're black and caught with the certain amount of cocaine, you get the cocaine sentence, not the crack sentence, right? Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's it's not a, a black white. It's a rich poor. If a, if a poor white <laughs> the guy... The same thing we were talking crack, about yesterday or last the, week. He gets the crack sentence, exactly. Uh, you know, it, all of the stuff that they bring up, they, it happens, it happens to work out statistically that you can make it appear as though there's some kind of built-in racism in the system. But really, what it really boils down to is that rich people can afford yeah. fewer consequences. Yeah, and that's always the way, I mean... It'd be nice to create a society where that's not the case, but it's you have to accept that that's always going to be a thing. Yeah, you'll never escape that. We might less. I think probably America is the one place where uh, you come closest to escaping it. Exactly. That's because it is right. possible for people to escape the the poverty more so than in any other country. Right. Or in any other society. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, the opportunities are there in America. Um, It's not perfect. And there's a lot of people who will work hard their whole lives and never escape poverty. Right. It it works out that way. Mm -hmm. But. um, Yeah, perfect, perfect justice doesn't exist in this world. That's and and, and I think that's part of the uh, part of the siren song of of uh socialism and communism the you know the the whole modern modernist uh isms even stretching back into the late 19th century is this concept that somehow a fallen human race is going to be capable of creating a society where justice is perfect yeah and that's never going to happen but in the meantime, oh. you've got people who are preying on other people's belief in that and other people's desire for that in order to to accumulate power for themselves. And these okay. this is exactly what communism is about. This is where we get into religion. Uh, yep. Because a huge number of people, especially millennials, have lost their faith. And are no That's longer right. Christians and certainly not Catholics. Yeah. Instead Those of kissing people, the feet of Jesus or, or, or venerating the, the cross, that's when, you know, like, you know, a, a exactly. Good Friday habit. You, you venerate the cross, you kiss the feet of Jesus. Well, instead of kissing the feet of a poor black man a, that you yeah, find on the street. Because Jesus is God. 
They no longer have a God. They have to find another God to venerate and kiss his feet. And so this God becomes, I don't know, race or something like that. Blackness, whatever. But it, some yeah. strange, twisted, uh, convoluted replacement for the concept of God in the minds and psyches of these millennials. And here's the problem that, look, God has a place for everyone, including rich men. It's hard for rich men to get into heaven, but it's not impossible. All things are possible with God. Mm-hmm. As a rich Christian, you can see your place in the world and you can see the amount of good that you can accomplish because of your money. When you right. take that understanding away from a rich person or even a wealthy person or even a comfortable person, you leave them with, especially in a society like ours where everybody's pointing fingers, you leave them with guilt and they feel like they have to do something to maybe earn their comfort. And so you have these these weird little snowflakes going out and kissing people's feet when it's like, okay, instead of kissing this man's feet, why don't you start a company and hire the guy maybe? And employ him. Or, yeah. I, <laughs> There's a lot of good you can do because you were able to not be in a poor area, not ever have to deal drugs or rob banks in order to make money, and go to school and have an education and then get to a point where you could hire people. Yeah. I mean, if you feel like your privilege was unearned, then then use that privilege to accomplish something. This is... I, I. But you know what? You're never going to accomplish something, but you're never going to leverage your privilege into good for other people in a communist state. Right. It's only within a free market capitalist state that that's even going to be possible. Right. You know what? I just remembered what I meant, what I thought we ought to talk about from last week. Because I had brought up a solution, a possible solution, making it more... uh, making the justice system more accessible for poor people. A solution uh, especially to police brutality, but all forms of of abuse, of of power. Mm -hmm. Vicky brought up something else that probably is a big component here when it comes to uh, abusive police, and that is the union. Oh, right. These unions all belong to a union. uh, A lot of these... Go ahead. They wouldn't... They wouldn't have their positions if they didn't have unions fighting to keep them in place when they shouldn't be in there. It would be much easier to fire a bad cop. Work to protect the police even against the police department's own interior investigations. Every police department has an internal affairs type of uh, you know, organization depart. Yeah. Um, it's often the, you know, they're, they're often looked down upon by the so-called real police. They're often seen as getting in the way of real police work. Um, there's a, a sort of antagonism. I think at least yeah. I read a lot of, you know, crime thriller novels. It seems that way based on, I'm assuming these novels are based on a little bit of research and that there's some level of authenticity here, but I've got to think it's real. It makes sense that it would be real, that there's a sort of antagonism there, but yeah, exactly. It's like corporate uh, executives dealing with HR people. So yeah, they, we were talking about unions. So yeah, that when the, when the unions are, and I can see why on some level they're necessary, uh, but yeah, if, if the, if they weren't, 
somehow so um, constructed in terms of their ability or their motivation or their um, sort of organizing principle. They're, it's, it's like their commission is to protect cops who messed up. Yeah, that kind of seems just like make what sure it ends up that, being. Yeah, I mean, cops who are accused of messing up should get a fair shake, sure. But, the you know, it shouldn't be so much that, okay, we're going to protect you even though you messed up. You get to keep your job and so on and so forth. If that wasn't there, you're right. I, I think it would be a very different story in terms of things like police brutality and abuse of power and so forth. And there, there has to, there's got to be some kind of balance you can find in there where, uh, because you don't want a situation where every time someone complains, okay, in the Catholic Church, if you complained about yeah. a priest abuse, uh, gets, suddenly the know. priest was gone without even a trial. Right, right. The, and yeah, the church has kind you of you can't have uh, that. Right. I don't know what the answer is, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring up the unions because uh, Vicky had pointed it out to me. During the right. Week. No, it is it is certainly another component and uh, um, one that that in talking about this, see, these are the kinds of things that they should be. I mean, if if you want to get into protesting and changing the system, instead of saying yeah. stupid stuff like let's defund police departments, start looking into the actual problems and why they exist. Quit yeah, trying to make it about race and make it about what it really is. Make it about the And facts. I haven't seen anyone doing that yet. Right. Except us. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it. You heard no it here fo- first, folks. <laughs> I wonder... There's a lot of people who are kind of uh, sore about Trump's lack of... I, it's kind of the same way he handled the COVID nineteen. He's not interfering with these governors and mayors. Uh-huh. Every now and then he threatens to, but yeah. um, a lot of people feel like he's not protecting them. Yeah, but you know, it's it's I, not. Here's one of the things: if he's real about, I mean, I, I know his big thing was getting America back on track and getting a lot more, you know, bringing the jobs home and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's a great thing. And I hope he continues to do that. And that's really where his power is because the president is the face of the United States to the rest of the world. And he has a role there that's appropriate. Um, but in the interior of the country, the president really isn't supposed to have a lot of power over the lives of Amer- of you know Americans. In right. fact, we are supposed to be that the structure of America is such that we are citizens of our state more so and before we are citizens of the United States. And that's how that it's supposed was to be. Originally how this country was formed. Yeah. It it was a it, Instead of thinking United States of America, think United Countries of America. It, it's almost like right. each state almost is its own like country. That. Yeah. Each exactly. governor is its own uh, president. And I, maybe he's hoping to point out in November, look, you people who have it bad, you need to elect new governors. You need to get yeah. rid of these Democrats. Across well, you the know, board in every aspect of the government. That's one of the things. And, and, and I, I think there's actually a, a Catholic issue in there. That's, in fact, we should actually spend a whole show talking about this. But, um, 
my son Ben and I were talking about this. He's actually a stepson, but we um, we were kind of talking about this, how every, you know, four years when the elections come around and it's everything is on the president. And even on the years when it's not on the president, you've got the cycles of the houses and, and the Senate, the the federal house and Senate and so much focus on them and a lot more political focus should be on the more local politics you know your city council your mayor your your uh county government um and then to some extent also your state legislature your governor and so on and so forth it's like yeah. there's hardly any focus on that level of politics and the more you can push the push the elections um push the the i guess the visibility of election discussions to the lower local levels of politics the more people have a way through politics through the voting box to take control of their own lives and that's how america was structured it's supposed to work that way i would say i mean there's i think this is true in most cities but i know it's true in cincinnati there's an alarming amount of stupidity and corruption in the city hall yes and yeah. most people don't know a whole lot about it. Um, but, but they even could if learn. they did. And it would be easy for them to learn it, that. Much easier than to understand what goes on behind closed doors in the White House and the Federal Congress. But here's the problem, and, and this is also true in most cities. The people who live in the city are the ones who elect the uh, mayors and the city council. Yeah. Um, usually, the the people who do most of the working and spending in the cities do not live in those cities. They live on the outside of the city and they end up not getting a vote for the council or for the mayor. And they have to live under the law of the mayor and the council because they work in, in say Cincinnati. And this is definitely true in Cincinnati. I mean, there's, there's a ton of people who live outside the city, but who have to deal with city for work. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but they don't get any votes, even though almost half of their life is spent in the city. Hmm. You know, they, they come in here, work all day, and then a lot of times they stick around and, and they go to clubs or restaurants at night, and then they go home and go to bed. But they have, and, and they, you know, I guess they, they do spend money in Cincinnati, and some of their income is collected by the city of Cincinnati, but this is taxation without representation. That's a good point. I think there are some who might say, well, they don't have to work in Cincinnati and they could move into Cincinnati so that they could vote for city councils. I mean, Cincinnati mm-hmm. has a lot of outline, you know, there's the central business district, but then there's a lot of neighborhoods in Cincinnati that, that, you know, some are nicer than others, but, but they're part of Cincinnati. They're not separate cities. Well, you um, might call Shiviet a part of Cincinnati, but it I don't get That's to a vote for anything city. in Cincinnati. No, Blue but Ash, Western Hills. Uh, Blue Ash is a Blue Ash is part of Blue Western Ash, Hills, huh? Parts Western of Western Hills. Hills, but I think Norwood isn't Norwood separate. Well, what I was yeah, going to say is city. Blue Council. Ash and Blue Ash and Norwood are are interesting, and um, Saint Bernard too. Yeah, St. Bernard's, now, they don't get to vote for city council. They're all interesting. And they're surrounded by Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and, and they're interesting in this sense. I don't know how many big cities have this. Cincinnati might be kind of unique in this. If anybody else 
who listens to this podcast lives in a big city and they have situations like this, let us know because this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, Norwood in Indianapolis? No, we don't have that. Norwood, really? Uh, and um, Saint Bernard and Blue Ash are themselves cities, fully formed, incorporated cities. They are not governed by Cincinnati. They are not the the people who who live their day to day lives, who live in the neighborhoods in these uh, cities, are not subject to the laws of the city of Cincinnati. If the city of Cincinnati passes, for example, a law about uh, I don't know grass height in your yards, it, those don't apply. It's it's the Norwood or Blue Ash or Saint Bernard laws that apply. They have their own city structure, their own governments, their own mayors and everything. And yet they exist inside of the contiguous geographical region of the city of Cincinnati. I don't know how many bigger big cities have that going on. Cincinnati has, what, three of them? Um, Indianapolis uh, doesn't have any like that. We only three of them. So Carmel, think- is that part of, since, of Indianapolis? No, but it's not within the bounds of Indianapolis. Carmel is in Hamilton County. It's a whole separate county. It's a suburb. It's, but it's not inside the geographical bounds of but Indianapolis. But if you lived in Carmel, you would, and people said, where do you live? You'd say Indianapolis. No, you'd you say. You wouldn't Car- say I live in Carmel in Indiana. No, you'd say Carmel. I, no, no not, would. not because, not, not because Carmel's not a suburb of Indianapolis, but because Carmel is the, the snooty you you would not oh. say you live in Annapolis if you yeah, lived yeah. in Carmel. That's <laughs> like sorry. in Harrison, Ohio. Pe- people who live in it Harrison be, yeah. say they live in Harrison. Exactly. But everybody knows they're just. It's a suburb of Cincinnati. You're still a Cincinnatian. Right. Quit calling right. yourself a Harrisonite. No, but my point is that in but but there's Cincinnati proper. You don't, do you vote for Indianapolis? No, I live in Hendricks County to the the west. Yeah, see Hendricks County. Nobody knows what that is. No, you're only but, there because of Indianapolis. But yeah, I'm and only there because you of work Indianapolis. in Indianapolis, don't you? Yeah. No, 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 so no. So you no. pay taxes. I, hold to on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I work in a place, and I do not pay taxes for Indianapolis. I work in Marion County, which most of Marion County is taken up by the city of Indianapolis. But I work in Castleton, which is a little bit outside of Indianapolis, but still in Marion County. Oh, so you just escaped those taxes. Yes. But I still pay Marion County taxes, I think. I mean, it, it doesn't amount to very much. But, okay. uh, but, but no, the, but the point is that for, I mean, Cincinnati, these, these three, I mean, there's a bunch of outlying suburbs of Cincinnati that we're not talking about, but these three that we're talking about, they are whole cities that are completely contained. City inside the geographical boundary of Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure there's more. Those are the ones we came up with off the top of our head. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, a lot, Cincinnati has a lot of defined neighborhoods like Indian Hill and, and other things like that that are just part of Cincinnati. But Is those Indian three, Hill part of Cincinnati? Yes. You know what? We should start city. talking about this because most people are like, I don't care about Cincinnati. Okay, um, let's stop talking. No, I was just thinking that this idea of having a city wholly contained, separate, but within the geography of another city. If there's anybody else who's in that situation, let us know. Because I, I think that's a fairly rare phenomenon. But even even with that, 
it it doesn't matter because what I'm saying is a lot of times the suburbs don't get a choice in the city and yet oh, they no. still pay Absolutely. city taxes. They never do. And, and the only pay city think, taxes if you work in the city. Yeah. And I think that ought to change. I think if you work in the city, you're paying income taxes to the city. I think you ought to get some kind of vote hmm, for city matters. But what about your own And this would you, clean I mean, up a lot of problems. You could get a vote in your own place too, though. I don't know how like, that would work. I you don't know. know. You, you can pick. You can pick to vote where you work or where you live, but not both. Maybe. Yeah, Actually, that that's would... a that's a pretty interesting idea. I mean, it's yeah. it's revolutionary. I don't think anybody's ever thought of that before. Man, you, you need to like find a going to, but uh, no, it but would... it's if, it has this is another one of those things. If I had a lot of money to spend on something, that's some that that's kind of one of those things. I'd say, hey, let's try this and and get a movement going. Yeah. I mean, that really has merit as an idea. That's something worth talking about, even if it I ends think it up would being rejected. clean up a lot of cities. Yeah. Because a lot of inner city people are very uneducated, and the only thing they're looking at is, what am I going to get out of this government? Maybe yeah. not a lot of them. But there, well, there is that fact. A lot of politicians placate to that crowd. Right, right. And so they make and, terrible decisions for the city. And to the extent that they do, you know, oh gosh, this, okay, I have to tell this anecdote, uh, a little bit of a sideline on this. Um, Terry was telling me that back when Barack Obama was elected, she was watching this interview, this woman, uh, talking about, you know, how wonderful it was that this guy got elected. Now, you remember our uncle Mike, he's passed away for, for some years now, um, I don't know if you ever heard him say this, but he's several times when back around when Bill Clinton was being elected and he would get so fed up at the ignorance of the people who were voting for Bill Clinton. And he said, the problem is that guy thinks that the national debt has something to do with his car payment. All right. Now you would think, okay, yeah, you're just calling them idiots. Maybe, you know, it's not necessarily exactly like that. When Barack Obama got elected, Terry was watching an interview with this woman because the news people were going out and interviewing just anyone off the street to, you know, kind of pick up this sense of elation at this, the black man being elected and so on and so forth. And this woman with no hint of irony or no hint of, oh, I'm just, you know, pulling your leg or anything like that, told the news person that was interviewing her, I am so happy. Now I am not going to have to worry about a car payment anymore. She said that. She said that. And I think sad shift that into smaller scope. I think that's what you're talking about. A lot of times in these inner city things, they think that who they're voting for is going to take care of their individual problems. Yeah. Individual lives and government at any level can't do that. That's, I think that's a right. Catholic principle. Governments can't do that, but they can make it a lot more possible for you to take care of your individual life at the local level than they can at a hot state or a federal level. And that's why politics should end up being more local than yeah. state and federal. But you, and, you've got to yeah. be educated. Yeah. You've, you've got to learn about this stuff. You've got to understand it. You know, that's why. Yeah. That's why the United States, the, the 
the general uh but before we had this concept of universal suffrage um the approach was that you had to own land within the jurisdiction in order to vote in that jurisdiction and the idea was that if you were a landowner you were someone who actually had a stake if you weren't a landowner you didn't really have that big of a stake because you could go from one place to another you could change your your setting or where you were or whatever if you were a landowner you know that you had would a stake and that would be another way of handling um a lot of this instead yeah, of problem yeah instead of saying okay you can either vote for your where you work or vote where you live instead of doing that they could say you have to either own property or rent property directly. Have a lease. Yeah, have a real lease in the area in order to vote. And, and you would find, like, husbands and wives yeah. who have joint leases, stuff like that. Mm-hmm, sure. And, and then uh, that means you've you'd got a stake. Yeah. Not idiotic millennials voting for things they don't even understand because they've never paid rent. Right. Or worked. Yeah. And the thing is, the, I think the other presumption is that in order to acquire land, you had to spend some time working or which meant that you learned a few things. And so you had enough of an intellect to, yeah. you know, to not waste your vote or you came from money, in which case you probably had tutors who taught you things and therefore you yeah. acquired some degree of learning and knowledge and that kind of stuff. I think, you know, I... I understand the push for universal suffrage. I've always suffrage, thought suffrage. we ought to go back to uh, to a, a, some sort of system where you have to have some kind of stake in the property uh, in mm-hmm. order to vote. I've always thought that right. should be the way, right. but that's not going to happen at all. No, we're, we're not but going I've, to turn back the clock on universal suffrage. Um, I, you know, I, we can have a discussion at some point whether we should. It would be a purely hypothetical discussion. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure I want to have it. We'd get a lot of people mad at us no matter which way we came out. <laughs> but, um, but you know, your your concept of, of, okay, if you work in a jurisdiction, you can translate your vote from where you live to where you work. And here's the thing. you It, it really is, you'd have to think hard about that because... Where you live is where they decide things like property taxes and stuff like that. Yeah. Where you yeah. work is where they decide other things that, you know, maybe um, like like inside a certain city, they might have extra sales taxes and consumption taxes and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Or they might have, you know, like a certain city might outlaw, um, I don't know, maybe you like to go to a bar that, that has... Uh, you know, always play sports and some city decides that, no, you shouldn't be allowed to put sports on TV at a place where people drink because they get too rowdy or something. I don't know. I'm just coming up with stupid stuff. But the point or is, things, you, yeah, you, things there, may, like that. there may be things that, that matter to you that you might wish to translate your vote from where you live to where you work. Uh, but yeah, that, you know, that would be a thing. It would certainly shake things up. And you know what would be interesting about that? Is that it would put a whole, it would like, like just throw into disarray the, um, the whole district drawing, gerrymandering, uh, I'm going to call it an industry. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's really an industry there, but, but the point is, I mean, people, people spend a lot of time figuring that stuff out. This would just, it's like they'd have it to throw up their hands. Up. 
Yeah. Politicians would, everywhere which would, would not, have to... That wouldn't be a bad thing. That would be a good thing. They, they have to completely rethink how they're going to uh, uh, communicate with the public, what they're going to represent themselves as. So am, I, am I the... Am I for business or am I for the poor man or am I for the working man? Who am Mm -hmm. I here to represent? And they would have to completely rethink that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, gosh, man, you, we, we got to find a, a, uh, a nifty, uh, maybe there's already a movement for that. A slogan or a name for that kind of a movie. There might be a movement for that, but I don't think so. I think you've hit on something that's really new. That nobody's thought of before. I don't know how you would enforce it. Here's the thing, because enforcing it would be so, you know, it's like, okay, you got to like, like normal voting. You live here. You have a driver's license. It shows you live here. You show up with your driver's license, uh, at the polling place. They check you in. You cast your vote. Okay. But making sure that you, okay, you really do have a job in this jurisdiction. Here's your job. How do we make sure that you didn't well, that also comes from go tax where you live? Collecting taxes. Well, right. But how do we make sure that you also don't try to vote where you live and that kind of stuff? I, the only thing would be they'd have to figure out a way to do it that didn't open it up to more vote fraud. I think it would cut down on vote fraud because it would force them to actually Look at the person voting and. That's true. You know, in Ohio, you got to show your driver's license to vote, but. In Indiana, there are places like in California where we know that voter fraud is going on. Yeah. Because you don't need any kind of ID. And, and, and the more they try to move it away from looking at the individual voting and making sure he is who he says and so on and so forth, the, the, the more vote fraud occurs. Yeah. So this would make voter fraud less likely because we'd have to, part of the system would be, okay, you voted here. Now, if you try to go vote there, suddenly a, an error is going to come up and say, no, this guy can't vote here. He already voted. Yeah, but let's, here's, here's the thing. So let's say I'm going to play devil's advocate. I, th- I think it's actually a, a, an idea that has merit, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a moment. Um, so, a big city election's coming up and the, the corrupt Democrat mayor feels like he might be losing his hold on the voting. So what he does is he, uh, hires somebody to go out and form a corporation inside the limits of the city. It doesn't matter what the corporation's stated goals are. The point is the corporation's gonna hire a bunch of people for the next three months to cover past the election. And they're uh-huh. going to hire a bunch of people from outside the city into this area, which is known heavily democratic to come in and vote for this mayor to make sure that he gets reelected. So they would have to have things that are like, okay, if you want to try to, it would have to be like the expectation is that you vote where you live. If you want to vote where you work instead, it's got to be maybe like a company that's been there for at least two years and your employment there has to be at least for the last full year or something like that. You know what I mean? The standards yeah. to show that you really do have a stake here. It's not just, you're not just coming in in order to try to swing a vote some one way or the other. Yeah, I don't, I mean, it could be accompanied by all kinds of little things, mm-hmm. but um, 
I think it would lead to a much better system than we have right now. Yeah, I think so too. Wow, we've got because the the corruption is rampant. I know it is in Cincinnati. I don't know about other cities. Cincinnati's really bad. I think it's probably there anyway. I don't know if it's as bad. And you know, I need to pay more attention to local Indianapolis politics. Listen, I don't know if it's as bad as. But you know, my local you know who children's hospital in Cincinnati Avon. So what's that? What you know, children's hospital in Cincinnati? No, yeah, I got it. Okay. They, uh, let's start off with the fact that they do a lot for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that they employ thousands of people. Right. Um, they do a lot for the communities as well. They wanted to build a new, um, a new campus in Avondale. Avondale okay. is a dirt, dirt poor area. Yeah. It's yeah. gangland. That's right. It's a dangerous right. area. They want to, Build a new uh, uh, campus. They've already agreed that they would that anyone living in Avondale that now, of course, they they paid top they would pay top dollar for the buildings that they're going to have to tear down in order to do it. Right. right. Which so most they, of those are rental properties. So a lot of the you know I can see how maybe a lot of these. People who are being forced out of their apartments, but apartments aren't something that you have a whole lot of trouble finding. I mean, most poor people move around a lot anyway. Uh, I would imagine that the slumlords who own the, cause you're talking about Avondale, so you're talking about slumlords and they you're probably. You're talking about slumlords and. Those are few, probably the ones that are opposing the hospital, right? No. A no? few old people who have own their homes forever and aren't willing to move from those homes. You have people like that. Okay. They're, they're getting top dollar for these homes much more than they would get if they sold them on the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, on top of all of that, anyone living in Avondale can take their children to children's hospital for any doctor's visit completely free of charge. Wow. For a poor community, any kind of medical need. That's a huge thing. For a poor thing. community, that's, that's everything. Man. And these, this is top care. Children's Hospital is one of the top in the country in I would Cincinnati. think families would just be clamoring for that. Oh, they were. But wow. guess what? At the very last second, the city of Cincinnati tried to squeeze them for $250 million. Oh. I, I don't even remember what they said it was for, but they said, look, if you want to do this, and this is after everything had been decided and they mm-hmm. had a site and everything's going to happen. They said, if you want to do this, you got to pay us $250 million. This is like five members of the city council who decided to do this at the last second. And mm-hmm. Children's Hospital's like, eh, you know what? We're yeah. going to go to Butler County. And Butler County's like, yes, we'll let you. Come on yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Butler then, County is, uh, that's where Hamilton, Ohio is. Yeah. Just north of. And, it's ironic. Hamilton County is where Cincinnati is. Butler County is where right. Hamilton, Ohio is. Yeah. Well, I, I think whoever it was trying to squeeze uh, children's got beat and, and children's finally said, okay, we'll do it in Avondale still. Um, oh, really? And didn't have to pay $250 million. Okay. Uh, so they backed off. We won in that case. But yeah. there are cases like that all over the place. That's the kind that of corruption you're the, talking about. The corruption is really bad in Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, heck, the, the well, stupid, 
They put in a streetcar, for heaven's sake. Yeah, I know. All right, I got to get off the <laughs> local thing. <laughs> I know, but here's the thing, though. Here's here's the Catholic thing that you know that we're talking about is this idea that you know the the problems that you have in life should be solved as locally as possible. And right. to the extent that you approach problems locally, you have to engage your local community. You have to engage your local leaders. You have to acknowledge that there are local leaders. You don't look for some big brother government to come in and solve all of your local problems, which is exactly what these Black Lives Matter and Antifa movements and organizations are trying to accomplish because what they're really after is turning the United States into a communist country. A communist country does not have local politics. A communist country has local enforcers of central yeah. party politics. And that's exactly and, what they're trying to turn the United States into. And to, to be honest, they don't even have national uh, uh, government. Yeah, it's central uh, party. If if the United States had become a communist country uh, in the post World War II era during the Cold War, I mean, it, it you know th- there there were a lot of reasons you know why why we didn't, and I'm not out there saying that we were on the brink of doing so. But if the United States had become a communist country during that time, if we had torn down our government and replaced it with a communist uh, government, we would not have our own communist government. We would be taking uh, orders from the Central Communist Party in Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, groups like Antifa. Um, it's supposed to stand for anti-fascism. Supposed to, yeah. If you look up fascism on Wikipedia, fascism is listed as a form of far-right uh, authoritarianism. and Which it's actually far-left. Authoritarian is far-left. Anti-authoritarianism. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's... As far, it's kind of funny because I wanted to read this too. I'm reading Antifa United States on Wikipedia. And this, this sentence, um, is so schizophrenic. It's like, where do you even start? Okay. I'm going to read this verbatim. Individuals involved in the movement tend to hold anti-authoritarian and anti-capitalist views, subscribing to a range of left-wing ideologies such as anarchism, communism, Marxism, social democracy, and socialism. Now, if you listen to those those left-wing ideolo- ideologies that they listed, anarchism, communism, Marxism, social democracy, and socialism, Where one of them... on Wikipedia or on yes, Antifa's website? Wikipedia, okay. in the article for Antifa United States. Okay. One of those things doesn't belong with the rest. Anarchism. Yeah is the opposite of communism, Marxism, social democracy, and socialism. Anarchism is far right. All the others are far left. And the very first part of the sentence, individuals tend to hold anti-authoritarian and anti-capitalist views. You can't hold both. If you are anti-capitalist, it means that you support the authoritarian controls that allow a government to keep people from engaging in their normal inclinations with regards to economic activity, 
which is what capitalism is. Yeah. This whole article yeah, is schizophrenic. And I think the whole thing is sad. designed to be a, a misdirectional, misinformational thing because like you said at the beginning, this movement is not about fascism. It's about destroying the United States. It's about destroying our way of life and the fabric of our economy. Which is anti-fascist. Yeah, our way of life is anti-fascist. Guess what? Capitalism is That's anti-fascist. That's what capitalism is. Exactly. Anti-fascism the only thing, equals capitalism. Uh, the, the only, the only thing further right than, uh, capitalism is anarchy. Right. Maybe liberal, libertarianism. A little bit, well, more so, yeah. But that's, I almost equate libertarianism with anarchism. Right. I mean, the two are pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> but, but those the, are, all of these others are, are both all leftist ideas. Laissez faire capitalism. Including Nazism. That's right. Nazism itself is a left wing ideology. He was a fascist. That's right. Technically, I, fascism is, uh, was a, the political movement in Italy that was occurring at the same time as the Nazi movement in Germany. Right. Both of them were, were nationalist movements that were I, socialist you couldn't in nature. Look at, yeah. yeah, you couldn't look at those policies and say that they're a whole lot different than communism. It's just that communism is controlled by the party, right. whereas these other things are controlled by the nations. Right. But communism the policies are the same. International and borderless and fascism and Nazism were nationalist. That's the difference. But they're, but at their core, they're all left wing. And they're all anti-capitalism. And they're all anti-capitalist. So the... It's sad the way they've controlled this language. Yeah. And yeah, you, it's bizarre. You talk that, to these millennials who keep going out preaching and protesting. None of them know what the hell they're talking about. They don't no, know what any of these things are. They don't understand the meanings of the labels they're using, which is why... You know what? The same thing applies to the label of racism. People who who make the claim for racism today, they don't even know what the word means. And that's why they're so yeah. successful in I would riling think people up. A lot of the older black people kind of – I would think they would find this disgusting because a lot of them did live They knew real racism. racism. Yeah. Serious exactly. racism. They, it's, like, it's like, wow, why, you know, you guys are are – Using you're using the label for what I lived through, if I'm an uh, you know right. older black guy, you know for the the crap I had to put up with, and you're using that label for what amounts to, you know what could be a cushy life for you if you take a little bit of personal responsibility. Yeah, and more um, so to the millennials who are using the word racism because I think more millennials and you know they're they're. Uh, their mentors and, you know, as college professors and so forth. I think yeah. more of them bandy the word racism about even than young black people. And I think that yeah. really, that must really disgust the older generation of black people in our country. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about when I, I think a lot of them look at these politicians and at the, uh, uh, these, these snowflakes and, with with kind of a disgust and it's like you, I, you can't convince me 
that a lot of the older black generation sees this as progress. Yeah. I mean, I think they see it as, as a, you know, it's like, what did we fight so hard for? You know? Yeah. And, and where's the credit to those people? Right. Who did fight and who did make changes? Mm-hmm. What to, to the, uh, who's the girl who got on the bus? Oh, Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. And where's the credit to Martin Luther King? Right. Who, who actually did make changes and often peacefully. Um, and, and now you're, you're saying, Oh no, we've just got built in systematic, systematic racism everywhere. It's just built into the system. You just. It's like, okay, what, what's all the work we did here? Threw it, away. It's like it, yeah. It's a, it's kind of a sad state of affairs. And I think what's going on right now is that it's coming to a head because of the sweeping changes that Trump is trying to make. And I think a lot of this is in response to um, the trials that are going on right now uh, with Bill Durham and Barr and uh, uh, the the FBI and possibly even with Obama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I... It's starting to look like maybe people are going to actually go to jail. Wow. Yeah. That's it. And it's, uh, it's kind of that's a pipe got, dream. That's but. got certain people in a panic though. Uh, yeah. But you know, um, the fact that it's all sort of falling apart, I think has people in a big panic. Right. Know? Because it's I going think, on all over the world. Cause when Obama got elected president, I think there was this real expectation on the part of communists that, uh, we've won. We've arrived. Yeah, we're, we're, Obama's gonna take his presidency and he's gonna usher in a new era of American, uh, you know, rule by the Democratic Party and we're just, and, and they'll use, you know, their, uh, power to continue to advance the socialist ideals and, and everybody's going along with it too because see, they elected a black president. And so when that didn't get followed on with the election of Hillary Clinton, and instead Trump got elected, it made them realize that, oh, they weren't nearly as uh, entrenched as they thought. And what really happened is that Barack Obama got elected just because he was black. And that yeah. most of America does not, not want his socialism. The, the fact is the Republican Party had betrayed us over and over and over again. Well, that's true. And a lot of people... Just stop voting. I stopped right. voting. Yeah. They didn't give us anyone to vote for. Right. That's I wasn't going to vote for McCain. Yeah. Or, uh, what? I always forget that guy's name. The second, it's not uh, Rubio. It, is it Marco Rubio? Uh, no, 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 no. Who ran against Obama second time? It was, oh, Romney. Romney. That's, That's who I'm right. thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 guy. The He's such a bad player. Republicans were advancing this lackluster, these lackluster right politicians, and, it's and like, none of them had any backbone. None of mm-hmm. them had any fight in them. Yeah, and they just. I think. I think that. I think that the deep state, as we've begun calling it, um, is so enormous that there are so many people who rely on it. Um, and, and it's a, just a system of bribes and uh, payoffs that 
I, I mean, most of the power is involved in this. Yeah. And Trump is the first real threat to it that's come along. Uh, in a long time. Yeah, that, that's true. Hundreds of years, maybe. And and it's not just America. It, it, the entire world is, kind of waking is up resting to that. that's, upon yeah, that's what's interesting. It's, this American system. There's there's of, kind of a of, worldwide awakening uh of of realizing the the value of of uh you know direct political action i guess you'd call it it's like we elect you know lawmakers we elect executors and then we expect them to make laws and execute laws and not just defer that to some administrative bureaucracy you know right. that that we can't elect or unelect yeah or fire right or fire exactly this is kind of like awakening and and sure there's there's you know people are what everybody's seizing on is this idea of nationalism as as some kind of a uh uh a boogeyman component of this thing or something but you know what nationalism is just if if you think at, at its core nationalism is nothing more than the uh orientation of thought that says nations matter, okay? Yeah. A nation does something as a nation, and it should do something as a nation. Another nation does something as a nation, and it should do something as a nation. Nations matter. That's what nationalism is. And guess what? Yeah, That's the I, truth. And it's a Catholic truth. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they added the word white to it. And it's white nationalism, but I white, don't, white I don't think there is any such thing. I've never even heard of well, that. That's, well, they that, call Trump a white nationalist. Oh, well, I, I, I guess, guess he's, know, a he's a nationalist and he happens he to be happen, white. Yeah, he's I guess. white, but they're just putting it's words together to cares. try to. <laughs> yeah. it, it, but they're coming out with all these kinds of words. They've changed the definition of a lot of words mm-hmm. to the point where they don't mean anything, like fascism. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and fascism then they're is, coming out with new. Words no. like, uh, first it was white privilege. Uh, that wasn't enough. Now, now it's white silence. White silence. I've never so, heard of, that's a new one on me. If I don't speak out against racism, then it's white silence, which, uh, means I consent ah, to racism. Okay. So it's, it's a way to try to, by default, indict white people. Yeah. And in, it's in, in this, uh, in this schema just, of, of, racism which itself doesn't exist it's just a big you know like i said everybody's having this big don quixote moment yeah and and every component of it usually you can look at it and say this isn't about race this is about class this is about money yeah and elitism yeah there's oh wait look black people consistently receive higher you know uh longer prison terms than white people with the same crime Okay, wait a minute. Look, poor people consistently receive longer prison terms than rich people for the same crime. You know what? Yeah. Any one of those lawyers who represented that rich person, if somebody paid that lawyer the same amount of money to represent a poor person, he would do so just as vigorously and just as successfully. Right. It's a class but thing. But poor people have to rely on the, the public, public defender defenders and, and so on and so defenders. forth. Have yeah. five billion cases and they can't give a whole lot of time to each case. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Plus, um, if you had the, you know, if you had the. Now there was a time and I, I 
well, I okay, this does exist. Mm-hmm. There is an effort by uh, the Democrat Party to keep poor people dependent on the government. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times that means black people. Yep. And and this has been going on forever. Uh, when they when they offer a black family welfare, as long as the father does not live with the children, what do you call that? That's a real thing. Oh yeah. Let's, I don't know let's if it happens inc- now. Incentivize the but I know it started out like that. Wow. Like like the housing projects. Uh huh. They would allow a, a black mother with her black children to live in this project. As long as the father didn't live there. Yeah, it sounds like liberal policies. Yeah, and it, that's where the housing projects, I think, I can't remember if they started in Detroit or Chicago. I think Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that's where the serious gangs started. Yeah, okay. But so even the policies now reward families who are broken. Right, and that's the problem. This This idea of incentivizing that's i don't know inciting right people use the word incentivize the proper verb of that is incite inciting people to maintain a dysfunctional family situation right and like because you, said, you get slightly more money and it, yeah democrats and it's, are out it's, there I, inciting black people to live in broken family situations and i hear okay i hear a lot of middle class guys talk about it and some of the solutions i hear them come up with are irresponsible and bother me a lot uh-huh. things like just cut people off welfare oh. all these yeah all these welfare mothers cut them off well, or that's not gonna I, work I yeah, that, what sorry. that's gonna you do can't. is push all of those kids into gangs as the only way to take care of them right that's that's gonna make the pro yeah that there's a <laughs> Dude, you have to start with where we are and construct yeah. a roadmap. And the fact is, a lot of poor mothers, and it seems more more than often black mothers, are trapped in a system that they can't get out of. And maybe there are a certain number of them who were brought up in that system and that's their only understanding of it. But you know, not what? all of them. But there are people like that. But it, we we made it that way, yeah, by rewarding that system, yeah. But you know, and the Democrats benefit from that exactly. But you know what the Democrats won't benefit from is what if you were able to take you know some of the money that you put towards that, and instead of just giving it to the mom to stay home with her kids and not work and stay on welfare and so forth. What if you were to able to offer a, a scenario where you would tell the mother, okay, we're, we will keep providing for you and your children, but in order for that to work, you have to go to these classes. We're going to set up vocational classes for you. And we're going to put your kids, we're going to allow your kids to attend school at you know whatever age appropriate, that will include for the kids that are are uh, younger, and by younger I don't mean twelve and younger. I mean more like sixteen and younger, because you don't want them yeah. becoming influenced in those ages of twelve to sixteen by you know other people in the neighborhood. We will keep them in a school and in a constructive, um, supervised situation 
while you're finishing your classes and so on and so forth, because your classes might go on longer than theirs. And then you can start looking for a job and get a real job somewhere. You know, stuff like that. There's things like that, and there's a lot of different ways you could do it, but it would have to be implemented slowly and... Well, yeah, that's one thing. I mean, it's it's almost like you have to do it locally in in like one area at first. It's like, okay, we're going to take these 10 blocks of this neighborhood and we're going to offer this to these mothers. And when it works, that'll build momentum, that'll gain um, support, and then we can expand it from there. And then another city will see that. And then they might start their own. You know, again, it's local, not federal. Yeah. You might use federal monies for it. The, you know, the, the government probably does have monies that could be funneled into something like that. But here's the thing. You'll never find Democrats supporting that because it will not right. maintain the reliance of poor people. You know, another thing Democrat government, uh, Democrats are really, really against is, uh, vouchers. Yeah. Education vouchers. Because they oh, get they kids out from under their, their, uh, dependency. And it, and it, 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 uh, you know, they're, how do I say this? The, um, Democrat solution to what they considered segregation, whereas in you got black schools and white schools because of the neighborhoods that surround those schools was a busing system, right. which forced kids into schools that were very foreign to them and just kind of messed up a whole lot of things. It's kind and of funny. <laughs> it, when parents it's the want others, to do it. <laughs> nobody wanted to do it. I know, but my point is now with vouchers, parents want to say, well, I don't want my kid going to this local public school right. that's down the block. I want to, I can raise the money and get him into this other school if you'll give me a little bit of the money that, and so now when parents right. want to implement their own, and it gives them access system, to Democrats are dead it set. It gives them access it. to the private school system as well. Exactly. Yeah. Then Democrats hate it. Then it's like, oh no, we can't have this. Yeah. You can't have this, this urban black kid going to a, a white Catholic school. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. So they fight it all the way, but it, it works. Yeah. It's getting more and more people out of the slums. It's not, it's not happening on a large enough scale to really make a difference at this point, but I think it is starting to work. Mm-hmm. Now you will have, uh, you will have people who have gone to those, say, white Catholic schools who are saying it doesn't work. It just messes up the school. I don't think it's that that messes up the school. I think it's the, the regulations that come along with accepting vouchers. Oh, okay. That mess it up. So they have, they end up having to implement a bunch of new stuff that they normally wouldn't as a private school. Or possibly accepting behaviors that they wouldn't normally accept. Yeah. It's like, you know, let the school have its own standards if you, you know, if, if you engage if you in these behaviors. If you mess up, then we you don't get to go you. here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like any white kid in a privileged neighborhood that goes to that school. As right. long as they enforce you gotta it follow these equivalently. Rules. Yeah. I don't know. We... I don't know what we were really... I guess we were going to talk about Black Lives Matter and the fact that they've got this weird idea of defunding the police. And we're we're several steps away from that at this yeah, point. Yeah, I think but it was more of a, it, it, you know, the goof, the, the goofiness isn't the even the right Idiotic things word. that are the going idiocy. on right now. 
the idiocy it, that's in the world all across this week. the country. And it's like this, yeah. it's almost like a, a weird, um, I don't know. You, you know, you said coming to, to a head. I, I, I don't know. It's almost like this is this, this weird, um, I hate to use the word on our podcast, but like this, uh, like an orgasm of idiocy going on throughout the country. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's yeah, like people but... are trying to, to, like climbing over each, each other to out idiot each other exactly like you can you can cut yeah. that word if you want but but it's like there's yeah it, it's like people are are just you know going all out to be as idiotic as they can over this stuff but i sincerely believe that this is a dying gasp and taking each other seriously liberals oh man i hope so i, I hope am. come i hope that come november we see that there was a just a quiet, strong majority of the American public who, who even if they weren't speaking out because, you know, they, they don't like being called names like racist and fascist. It's like, okay, yeah, you're a bunch of yeah. idiots. I'm going to go vote for Trump again, you know? Yeah. And maybe Trump even a few people. <laughs> if we can gain the House back, gain the Senate back, and maybe a lot of these idiot mayors and governors. Yeah, like get them Mike out DeWine, too. Are just gone. Mm-hmm. I get, you know, we'll have to see. We You pray for it, you know. You want your country to succeed. That's you right. You want the people yeah, to... You, you want them to thrive. We you, want to be strong. Right, right. I want to look at America and say, look how proud I am of this country. Look what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I... How many minutes? We're pretty far into this. Are we? Yeah, I haven't okay, been... We're around. almost oh, wow, two hours. Two hours. You, you, you can cut okay. some stuff out. You can cut out a bunch of our local to, Cincinnati talk. <laughs> yeah. Time to talk about uh, current events, which we just did we just about all the a bunch protests of and current stuff events. going on. That's right. Uh, but there's a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the World Health Organization, of which we are no longer a part of, I think. I think so, too. Uh, right. We, we've defunded them, I think, uh, are reporting new cases of Ebola. Ebola. In the Congo. Oh, no kidding. In the Congo. Uh, I I wonder if, if, like, they're mad at us for conquering the COVID-19 thing so easily. Uh, and I don't know. I don't trust the World Health Organization. I... But uh, that's happening. I, um... You know, you say conquering. I think I think all these protests are causing another surge in Corona. Yeah. Well, you, you actually, I see a lot of them wearing masks, and I think you're you're protesting the system. But look how easily you follow the system. The system says wear a mask, and you got a mask on. That's true. That's true. Why don't you really fight? Fight the social system that has set up this thing where you're ashamed not to wear a mask. I don't know. But I, I don't trust the World Health Organization, and they're reporting six cases of Ebola in the Congo. And I guess we'll see if that spreads or what, because that is a really deadly disease. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, there's a 20,000 tons of oil leaked into the Ambarnia River uh, near Siberia. Uh, within the Arctic Circle. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, Putin declares a state of emergency, um, to deal with it. Um, the accident is believed to be the second largest in modern Russian history. 
So I, I mean, twenty thousand tons of oil leaking into a river—that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll bet it really doesn't make a difference long term. I'll bet within three or four years, there's not going to be any signs of it. But how many tons did you say? Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand tons of oil. And I don't know if this is crude oil or refined oil. I don't know if that even matters. But I don't even okay. I don't know if he's looking for help to take care of it or what. There's a uh, a fuel tank in a power plant collapsed. I'm trying to convert like because like the I don't know how much twenty thousand tons is. I, I'm I'm back on that. Like the Exxon oil spill was eleven million gallons. How many tons is that? Thirty. About 32 gallons in one ton. Well, in 20,000 tons, that's not much at all compared to the... Yeah, but this isn't into the ocean. This is in a river. Mm-hmm. So 640,000 uh, gallons of oil leak into a river versus what was the Exxon? Uh, 11 million um, gallons. 11 million gallons versus 640,000 gallons. Yeah, that's not that big a deal. The UK. But where was the Exxon? The Exxon oil was in where was it in the Gulf of Mexico or something, or was it up by Alaska? Okay, so you say so. I've got 11 million gallons uh, converts to 36,000 tons. So the Exxon Valdez oil spill. So this is a this is like two thirds of the Exxon Valdez oil spill. You said 20,000 tons, right? Okay. That's still huge. Yeah. But it's not the biggest. It's still but, big. but this is, this is, you said in a lake though, up, up in Siberia. In a right? river. A river. In a river. Okay. Yeah. Instead of a, uh, but still, what, whatever happened to the Exxon oil? I mean, where was the Exxon oil spill? Oh, that was, um, uh, off of like Alaska. Okay. Well, that's the thing. This is within the Arctic Circle. Mm-hmm. How much wildlife is there in the Arctic Circle? I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot, but it's not, there's, yeah, it's not like a rainforest. Yeah. So more, I, more than Antarctica, but less than, less than the Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Uh, SpaceX, they launched and deployed 60 Starlink satellites into a low Earth orbit. All right. So we have, oh, total number of Starlink satellites in orbit is 482. Man, we got a lot of satellites out there, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. See, remember when, well, we don't remember, but when Russia got Sputnik up there. Uh-huh. Just one satellite. And we did a couple satellites ourselves. Uh, the United States government did and NASA. But... Then it became a, there was a reason to get a satellite up there. There was money to be made off of it. Yeah. And so it wasn't just a government thing. Mm-hmm. We had companies putting them up all over the place. And yeah. I kind of compare that to space travel. Eventually, hopefully, there will be a reason to travel in space. Right. And when that happens, instead of these things like NASA and these government uh, space stations... Then it will become uh, a lot more common, and it might be initially. It might be industrial, like like you yeah, know, not not like resources from asteroids and stuff like that. And then eventually, some of them may become large enough that 
that they support small like colonies or something like you know a few people at yeah. a time and and then of course wherever you've got a few people there's an incentive there to you got a you got an economy you, you know you have stores yeah. and shops and you know so on and so forth. yeah i mean it could grow like that completely when they when they talk about colonizing places i mean, they talk about it kind of stupidly as if the the government's going to pay for us to have a place somewhere to go and live off planet. Oh, it just kind of sounds no, that, silly. That, that's not how it happened. If it the, happens, you know what? This is how it'll happen. That's how <laughs> it happened in America. I was going to say, look, look at the expansion westward of America, and that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, it was all economic, mm-hmm. and a group of people wanting freedom. But a lot of times, it's economic freedom that they're looking for. Right. So, oh well, just. Another one of those things that we keep our eye on because it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam uh, ordered the removal of Robert E. Lee Monument in the state of uh, Capital Rich, the, in the state capital Richmond, uh, Richmond, Virginia, and he said, "In Virginia, we no longer preach a false version of history." That I don't get at all. Say that again. What false version of history? What? Are we preaching? There's a there's a monument to Robert E. Lee, okay, in the state capital. Right. He removed it, saying we're no we're longer, no longer going to preach a false, a false version, of version of history. So I don't know what false version he's talking about. We're going to pretend that Robert E. Lee didn't exist. Didn't exist. And that's our that's our true version of history. Yeah. Or that he. Uh, the whole thing's silly. That is weird. Okay. I know. Yeah, I I don't have too much I am not I'm not too much in one way or another of removing monuments to Confederates. But the some of the reasoning behind it just seems stupid. It's really stupid. Oh hold on just a minute. I I I thought I'd play a video but I didn't realize that I had the sound on for oh. that video and it doesn't show any kind of I guess you can't can't play videos from NBC News because it doesn't give you a way to turn the sound down on the video. Yeah, a lot of them just suddenly start blaring. But I couldn't hear it. Oh, you couldn't? Probably your microphone does, though. Oh, it's probably... uh, Oh, yeah. Hold on just a minute. Okay, folks. uh, You might... Whoops. Let me see this. I'm going to see if... Well, if anybody's hearing it, it's going to be in the background because it's not showing up in Audacity. It'll be um, Mm -hmm. like the vibrations that travel along. Okay, now I can turn this off. Okay. So... All right. Oh, anyway, go that. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I I don't know what. Look, it's not. I don't necessarily think we should have monuments dedicated to the founders of the Confederate States of America because we did beat them, mm-hmm. and they are no longer. And the ideals that they wanted to build a country on are wrong. But I think it's an important part of history. We need to remember it. We need to remember what happened and the number of people who died in that war. Yeah. And some of the... Look, Robert E. Lee uh, carried that war for a much longer time than he should have been able to. In, In terms of the number of troops they had compared to the number that the North had, he should not have been able to keep fighting that long. He did... He did. He had some crazy moves, mm-hmm. like uh, Grant. Who, if you thought, if you wanted a, a general who would sabotage the North, Grant 
could have been it. Uh, you know, he set upside a city ready to attack. He out, his troops outnumbered their troops at least 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. But Robert E. Lee kept marching his troops in a big circle. To try so to it looked like them. more troops were arriving. Right. And Grant didn't pick up on that. So he wouldn't attack. And he, he wouldn't attack. He thought they had a lot more than, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the time he did attack, the troops had picked up and left. Yeah. So little things like that. Uh, Robert E. Lee outsmarted Grant many times. But I don't know. Well, I, here's, I don't see a problem with having a monument to him. Yeah, and also, I don't see a problem. Okay, you're right that in the sense that the, um, you know, the reason that the South was fighting, you know, to preserve their institution of, of uh, black slavery, uh, you know, and so forth, we've got to denounce that. However, there's also a, a, a certain element of the South, an element of this, this idea, um, kind of going back to what we said before that, that in the initial conception of America, when we think of the United States, we should think of sort of the United countries and this idea that, yeah. that the unifying principle, this, the, the unification itself is somewhat, um, fragile that the, the federal government should not presume too much that there's always that there should always be this sense of a threat of uh, states deciding to secede of you know of this idea of rebellion if the federal government um, attempts to take more to itself than it should this should be a constant in in American life and if statues of that serve that purpose then you know, they're good for that reason as well. Statues of things like, you know, Confederate generals and so forth. Um, okay. Lee was not all that much. First of all, he wasn't, I, I don't, I don't know what his views, I, I think he owned some slaves that he had inherited, but his, uh, he was not originally of the opinion that Virginia should secede. Oh, uh-huh. The problem was he considered himself a Virginian more than an American. Right, right. Which And that's why he went to fight. He was ordered to come take command of an army, mm-hmm. and so he did. By his government. Because of his love for Virginia. Right. Well, that's interesting. And so uh, there's that, and there, there's other little things like that. But it's, I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't have an opinion strong enough for or against to really uh, fight about whether or not we should keep monuments to people like Robert E. Lee. But I certainly don't think that we should forget this part of history. (laughs) And I think parts of that history ought to be kept alive, like monuments that talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're not going to, if you're going to get rid of the uh, statue of Robert E. Lee, then have something for the uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, southern soldiers who didn't own slaves. Yeah. Because slavery was a rich person thing. It's not like poor people even owned slaves. And a lot of these men and men died for what they thought was their country, mm-hmm. whether yeah. they agreed with slavery or not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, you know, that, that's another... That's another, you know, aspect. That's another discussion. uh, Yeah, I guess we we should have that discussion some other time. But um, 
anyway, yeah. So yeah, the pulling the but but that is okay. certainly odd the way they they put it. That you know we're no longer going to support a uh, how do you say a the uh, a a false, false narrative version of history. False version of history. The, yeah. So I guess I don't know what false version they were talking about. Yeah, but I, I don't get it. That's uh, <laughs> if they're saying Robert E. Lee was not a good general, that's just silly. Yeah. If they're saying that he was a good man, I I don't know who the heck is a good man. I don't. But uh, oh well, that's all the news I got. The rest of it's about the the riots and stuff. Uh, yeah, and I honestly have not been able to find anything uh, interesting. The only thing I found is this. This brief report, um, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. So there's one thing, uh, I guess there's a guy going around dressed as a grim reaper in Florida to warn beachgoers about the coronavirus. Because beachgoers don't know about it? Because I guess beachgoers, I don't know whether he thinks the, the, you know, um, nobody remembers it or, you know, the coronavirus is... How long does it live in the... Maybe he thinks it's going to float in the ocean forever and people will pick it yeah. up by swimming or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> people um, are doing so many... I can't believe anyone's even still talking about it. I know. But there's a are, uh, a uh, failed demolition in Dallas. Create, what? Well, have you ever been to a building demolition? No, it's kind like of where impressive. they bring a building down. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. to one, I, I okay. watched the one up in uh, on it was on the UC campus um, when I was uh, I don't know eighteen or whatever. Um, uh huh. And it it was going to happen just like a few minutes before mass was supposed to start at Old St Mary's, and I usually you know went there for mass, so I went up. Yeah. In fact, I was with our cousin um, Kelly, and we went up to watch it together. And okay, it 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 was like. Pretty impressive. It, I mean, you know, the the explosions were a lot more um, sharp because I was thinking, you know, how when you watch movies and, and they do explosions in movies, it's like this, you know, kind of drawn out kind yeah. of thing. It wasn't like that. These were like extremely loud pops, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's like just six of them, boom, 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 and uh, and then this building came down. It was like really impressive to see. But we started, as soon as it was done, we turned around and started walking back towards the car. It's like, we're walking yeah. along there. And then I turned around and there's, I mean, we were far away from this building, but there's this like, like opaque wall of dust behind us moving slowly towards us. Wow. Kind of like a 9-11. Kind of like, yeah, exactly. So anyway, I guess they had this building demolition in Dallas that they were supposed to do, and it didn't work. <laughs> so they ended up with this, there's this leaning tower of building Dallas. Didn't fall. Yeah, instead Ouch. it's just leaning over. <laughs> then you're sitting there like, okay, do we go in there? Who's going to go know. in? Who's, who's, who's going to be the first guy? That? I mean, that's like, that's like the M80 that doesn't go off. <laughs> it's our, uh, yeah, you don't. How long do I wait? <laughs> And it's like if we got to send our smallest guy because the slightest uh, little bit of weight could make everything collapse at once. I know. That I'm, would be scary. I, I, it would. You know, I'm thinking uh, that's that's a situation. I guess they use a wrecking ball or something. Well, I'm not thinking you even want to get that close. I'm thinking you you uh, yeah. you have some people from far away and, and uh, like three people at once hit, hit the base of it with some stinger missiles or something. Yeah. Do you remember... <laughs> Uh, the 
the sudden reverence for firefighters and policemen after 9/11. 9/11. Yeah. Yeah. Um the the day of 9/11, uh when I was able to get to a TV and I'm watching the news footage of what's going on, I saw when that first cloud of dust started rolling across the the streets, mm-hmm. there was this giant fireman. He wasn't in his fireman guard. He had a uniform on, but not like all the fire coat and helmet and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was running away from the dust, and there was this little old lady, and he literally shoved the little old lady and uh, practically trampled her to get away from this dust. Wow. I never saw that piece of footage again. Yeah, no. Yeah, that would be I saw it they, once. Uh, that wouldn't fit the narrative they and wanted at the time, huh? I got to wonder who that fireman was. <laughs> but the thing about the fireman is people wanted to get out of those buildings mm-hmm. and they would not let them out. Yeah. I because that. of making them turn these back around. Stupid yeah. bureaucratic rules like this is how you evacuate a building mm-hmm. and you don't do it any other way. And bureaucracies tend to be that way where they they hang on to these rules no matter how obvious it is that you need to abandon them the rules don't apply right now you know the the evacuation of the twin towers that was planned was not planned with the idea that they were about to collapse right or were so when the firemen tell me no you cannot exit that way and I'm going to arrest you if you try to exit that way. I, you know, there were people who went ahead and exited and forced their way through. Some of them even got arrested for it. But they're alive. But ended up, yeah, saving their lives. There are people that did that. Mm-hmm. I talked to one of them once, and she was with a group of people who finally uh, broke a window, and they all climbed out the window to get away from this building that oh, was about okay. to fall. Right. I think it was in the third building mm-hmm. that she was in. And uh, I, I remember listening to her story. And uh, it's not a story you hear often because people don't want to. Uh, people want you to follow the rules, you know? Yeah. All right. All right. Is that all you got? Uh, got one more. This is kind of interesting. So in another Florida one, uh, I guess a woman accidentally locked a one-year-old baby in a car. Um Lost. Locked. Like, locked. 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 Okay. Yeah, locked her one-year-old baby in yeah. a car. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't read the story to see how the, how this developed. It's one of those that's, uh, video footage, but, um, apparently a group of inmates, uh, maybe they were like in the middle of being transported or something like that, but, but the deputies allowed, had the inmates helping to break into the car. <laughs> to get the baby out, so I guess wait a, a minute, a little bit of uh, what that was that happened a long time ago. Wait a minute, you know what? You're right because I clicked on, on. You already did that one. I did not do that one. Yes, you did. Are you serious? Because I that just was one at the of your date. first nonsense newses. That's that's from from I'm looking at the date now. It's from February 2019. Wow, that is because like I I I just searched for weird news and it's NBC. NBC is way behind on its weird news. Jeez. Okay. Yeah, I remember you doing that yeah. at one of our first few 
nonsense news. And sections. you know what? It turns out this. And that was one of them. Turns out this Grim Reaper one uh, with the coronavirus. That was eight months ago. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was a prophet. <laughs> okay, okay, I got nothing else. Are you serious? I actually did yeah. that one on our podcast because I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Okay. All right. Well, folks, think about what we said, and we'll see you next week. And I think we're going. Are we doing St. Francis next? No, we're going to no, do that because on... we're going to wait till the last of the month. Last of the month. Yeah, we'll we'll we're, we're going to introduce okay. something. It'll be the last week of the month, but it's going to be a new thing. So look forward to that, everybody. Next week we'll have something yeah. more specifically Catholic to talk about next week. Yeah, it's just all right. So hard to not talk about this stupid stuff when it's going on. Yeah, I know. It's just so much of it. All right, well, we'll see you next week, and remember... Circle the beads. Circle the beads, and we'll see you. Bye, guys. Bye.